0: If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfriscoorg slash give. Thank you for listening. So we are in the middle of our sermon series uh, that we are calling Broken. Broken. We've been talking about brokenness and pain, how we've all experienced it in Psalm uh, chapter 34. I gave you guys homework. I said, hey, let's see if we can memorize Psalm chapter 34. Uh, it should be up there. It says the Lord. It is near to the brokenhearted, and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the the Lord delivers him out of them all. Amen. And and we've been learning and studying about how God is close to those that are broken within. And week one, we, we talked about how God offers us a clean slate. And last week we talked about how even though we're broken, even though there is brokenness within us, we are, uh, nonetheless, we are blessed by God. And today we are going to be talking from the subject of broken yet prized. Broken yet prized. Um, I brought a couple pictures with me. Let's go ahead and go to the first one. Isn't that nice? And see, our world, the society we live in, puts a high value on things that are good, things that are perfect, amen? And we look at that and we, we we place a value on this object. And in our heads, we already think this is worth so much. And I know that some of you may prefer a different model or a different type of vehicle, right? But... We look at this and regardless of whether you, you prefer a different type of vehicle, you know that there is a value attached to this. But what happens is that for you and I to attach this value to this object, it needs to look a certain way. It needs to perform a certain way. It needs to fulfill certain things that we are going to expect from it. But if, if if someone says this is worth X amount of dollars and then they come over the next day and you're expecting to get this. But well, instead they bring you the following image that we have here. They bring you this. We automatically take away the value from the object. Because now it's not perfect yet... Because now it's broken. Now there is something wrong with it. Now it's not going to fulfill its purpose. Now it's not going to be able to do the work that we need it to do. And automatically, we take the value from X amount. This is an extreme case, right? To just salvageable parts. Recycling. Sell a metal. And we... We take that value away from the, from the object. See, but that's in the physical world, in the material world. Like I have these two jars here. If I tell you, hey, I'm going to sell you a jar for $10. They're $10 each. Which one would you take? It's, it's a no-brainer, right? We would take the one that's not broken. We would take the one that looks good. And in the physical world, this may be true. We assign these values. But in the spiritual world, in in our spirituality, God puts a premium on broken people. See, you and I can look this way in our lives, we can have cracks in our lives, we can have broken areas in our lives, but that does not take value away from who you and I are in God's eyes. God puts a premium on those people who are broken in spirit and those who recognize their brokenness through humility and willingness to serve despite that they're kind of cracked. Despite that they're a little bent. Despite that they can't do certain things because certain things just don't work very well. And you're still working through some issues. And today's scripture that we're going to be looking at, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Uh, week 1, I kind of read over it pretty quickly. But today I want to, I really want to uh, focus in on what the Word of God says. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. And seven says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. And I really like the way the New Living Translation puts it, and I brought that so you can take a look at that also. It says, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness, he has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clays, fragile clay jars. Containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from who? And not from ourselves. This great power is from God and not from ourselves. See, you look at this jar, this pot, this container, this holder, and what the Word of God is saying is that this is you and I. That we're vessels. We, we're containers for a great treasure. That we, we, we are holders of, of something special, of something that, that is valuable. Paul reminds us and uses a great, great analogy here, a great example of of calling us jars of clay because it reminds us that we are, that the Bible says that we are formed of dust. We're formed of dirt. We're we're formed of clay that God uh, got from the earth and and he breathed life into it. Isaiah 64 a puts it very, very clearly. It says, Yet you, Lord, are, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. So, when Paul says that you and I are jars of clay, that we're containers of a great treasure, we have to understand that that we are in God's hands and that God is forming us just like a potter forms His art, forms his, His work. But the primary purpose of a jar... The primary reason that this exists and we have these in our homes, in different shapes and different forms, is that is that they hold something. Amen. This is why we buy them. Whether we keep them in the pantry full of rice, full of uh, different items that we may buy, or, or we put them above the mantle and we we put nice flowers in them or nice aroma, uh, aromatic. Uh, items that'll make the house smell nice. But the primary purpose of these jars, of these containers are to hold something. And here's something I want you to understand, church, that God did not create us to be empty. He created us to contain something valuable. God did not create you and I. God did not make us. God did not take the time to to form us in our mother's womb just so that you and I can live our lives living on empty. God formed us. God thought of us. God breathed life into us so that we can contain a great treasure. We sometimes think of God as not really needing anything. And it's true. God is the owner of all the silver, all the gold. The Bible says he, he owns all the 10,000 cattle on the hill. He owns everything under the sun. He doesn't have need of anything. But when God creates something... He doesn't create it just haphazardly. He doesn't just create it just because he's bored. He creates it with reason. He creates it with purpose. And our purpose, church, our purpose, our reason for living, our reason for existing is that God can put within us a great treasure. But see, what happens sometimes, that we, we fill ourselves With things other than what God has intended for us to be filled with. We we fill ourselves with with things that that keep us from the word of God. We fill ourselves with uh, distractions and items and scheduling in our lives that keep us from coming to church on Sunday. We fill ourselves with things that keep us from our primary purpose of being filled with a great treasure. Some people's pots are already all the way full. Your jar is already full. Your your inside is already full. Some of us are, are full of ourselves. We are. We live just for ourselves. We live to advance my kingdom on this earth. We live to advance my purposes on this earth. We live to advance and to gain success the way we measure success. And we we become full of our egos. We become full of our pride. We become full of just ourselves. And we become full with, we need to put more, more treasure. We need to put more money. We need to put more uh, 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 earthly treasure in here. We need to put more earthly gains. More material, more material, more material. Oh, there's that nice, there's that nice new uh, shiny tech object that I want to go get. And yeah, it's a $1,000, but I need it. Uh, it will fulfill me for the next few months. And we fill ourselves with things that God has not intended to fill our lives. And our jars are overflowing. We can't contain all the stuff. If you remember back in, I believe it was in September, we, we, we were going through a, a sermon series we called Forget You. Amen? And we talked about all the stuff that we pile up in our lives. And sometimes we have so much stuff that we need to go pay rent to go put our stuff in a storage unit. Because we just can't bear to to rid ourselves of it. It's my stuff. It belongs to me. I worked hard for it. And we're overflowing, but not with the things that God has intended for our lives. And see, God can do all things. But if you and I are full to the top. There's just no room for God to put in the treasure that He wants to put within you. And sometimes God looks at our lives. Sometimes we come to church and and God's word is powerfully uh, working and you see it all over the place in the faces of the people that God's presence is strong in the room. But for some reason, you and I can't feel a thing. You and I just cannot connect with the worship. You and I cannot uh, connect with God at that moment. Let me ask you a question. Could it possibly be that there's just no more room in your jar? Could it possibly be that you filled your life with things that in reality a million years from now are not, it's not going to matter. We don't even have to go that far. Uh, In a hundred years, it's not going to matter. But yet we work really hard for it. We give up our time for it. We give our lives to it. We get up early in the morning and we, and we pursue it with all of our strength. And God wants to fill us with such an all-important treasure, but he will not fill a jar that is full. He needs empty jars so he can put this great treasure in. So, Pastor, you're talking about a treasure. Well, what treasure is this? I, 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 I need to know whether it's worth me pulling some of these things out and allowing God to, to fill me with the treasure that He has. So, our verse says that we can't, that we hold a treasure within us. And the reality is, guys, I, I don't know if you've ever been book shopping, but you can't judge a book by its cover. I bought books with beautiful covers, and I can't get past the introduction. But I've read books that are very, very plain in their covering. It's actually lost its covering. It's just a, the hard, uh, hard uh, the, the spine and the hard back. It's a hardback book, and there's nothing to it. But yet, it is a life-giving book. We can't judge a book by its cover and sometimes the plainest most unlikely clay jars can contain the greatest treasures and the greatest treasure that you and I can have in our lives is that of Jesus Christ and i want to i want to I, I want you to understand something church i want you to understand that you and i can never successfully imitate Jesus but you and I can contain and display the life of Christ within us I can never successfully imitate Jesus but I can contain and display the life of Christ in me See, we can work really hard to imitate Jesus and to do everything that he did while he was on this earth. And, and you know, it's a good endeavor. It, it's very a noble, It's a very noble cause for you and I to really want to live just the way Jesus lived. Praise God. But the last time I checked, we all like sleep, sleeping on nice soft pillows, right? Where Jesus said that, The son of man has nowhere to lay his head at night. Well, if we're talking about imitating Jesus, we should go all the way, right? Where Jesus was beaten. Where Jesus was was ridiculed. Where Jesus was hung on a cross, you and I can't do those things. You and I can't imitate Jesus 100%. But what the word of God does call us to do is to hold the prize, to hold the treasure of Jesus Christ in our lives. So that from within us, we can be a reflection of Jesus. That's what you and I have been called to. God has not called you and I to be perfect. We are made perfect through Jesus. But us within ourselves, we're not perfect. I will try as hard as I can with all my heart, with all my strength, not to fail my wife, not to fail the church, and to be here every Sunday, to be here all the time, and to always be praying. But the truth of the matter is that there will be times that I fail. There will be times that I won't be here. There will be times that, that, that my wife may get a little upset over at me. Not a lot, right, but just a little bit. There are those times because we fail. We are not supermen. We are not superwomen. We are not perfect. The Christian life is not just about imitating Jesus Which, yes, we certainly can do that in many, many areas. But it's also about containing the life of Jesus within us and allowing his life to shine through me. Allowing his work to shine through me. And the things that I can't do, I will allow the Holy Spirit to do for me. You know what? That person hurt me really bad and I can't forgive them. But I will allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life to bring me to that place where I can forgive. I can't forget what they've done to me. I just can't let it go. I can't do it. But when I allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work in my life, to begin to, to soften my heart, to begin to talk into my life, then I can't let go of those things. I can't take a step because I'm, I'm fearful. I'm scared that I may fail. I'm scared that if I go into those deeper waters that I'm going to look uh, ridiculous, that people are going to laugh at me. But you know, when you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what people may say about us. We know the calling that is within us and we will go and we will preach. We will plant a church. We will do the things that God has called us to do. But it's not because of me, but it's because the Holy Spirit is active within my life. I can't find joy. I can't find peace. Peace is hard to find at times. We worry about our, uh, the state of our nation. We worry about what's going on in Washington. We worry about what's going on in our schools. We worry about the different shootings that we hear about here and there. We worry about all these things. And we ourselves can't find peace. But when we allow the treasure to be inside of us, when we allow Jesus to shine through us, The world can be falling apart, and we can be in peace, knowing that it's all in God's hands, knowing that God is in control of all things. I can't find love. I I can't move on with my life. That's right. You and I sometimes can't do those things. But when we allow for, for God's uh, for God to, to fill us with the treasure of Jesus Christ's life within us, His Holy Spirit within us. Those things that loomed large, those things that were as big as mountains, will begin to grow small in light of who Jesus is in our lives. But we got to empty ourselves, church. The point is that the focus can't be on the clay jar. This can't be our focus, because sometimes we look really small. It must always be on the treasure within. The focus is not you. The focus is not me. The focus is on that Holy Spirit that God has filled us with. The Apostle Paul himself, he wrote uh, uh, over half of the New Testament. He, he himself called, him, called himself the chief of sinners. Yet he wrote that the secret to effectiveness was Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not your talents that are the hope of glory for yourself. It's not your job or your bank account or all the money that, that you can bring into your home that is the hope of glory. It's Jesus within us that is the hope of our glory, that is the hope of glory for us. It's not you and it's not me. I was made to contain and to display the wonderful life of Jesus, the wonderful Holy Spirit that is alive and active today. But see, this is all a, a puzzling paradox. If You know what a paradox is, right? It's something that, that, that uh, seems to contradict itself, right? There's many paradoxes in the Bible such as, such as that in order to live, you've got to die, that's kind of contradictory, right? Well, how does that work? Uh, there's a, another puzzling paradox within the Bible and, uh, that, that says that God chooses to use imperfect and flawed jars of clay, such as this one. The reason why God uses imperfect people is seen in the final words of our text. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us, because we tend to like to take the credit. We tend to like to be recognized. We like for at work for us to be called the employee of the month. We like the recognition that comes along when we've done a good job. But see, but in the spiritual realm, when the Bible says that we have to, to, in order to live, we've got to die, that's where the paradox comes in, that you and I must understand that it's not about us. It's not about what we can do for God, but what God is going to do through us. Amen. Through our imperfections, the cracks in our in our jars, the holes where you might have bought that one for $10. This one, you probably wouldn't even buy it from me. I'm not going to give you a cent for that. It's broken. And, and, and God puts a high value on us when we're like this. See, because when we're cracked and when we find ourselves in our lives that Things aren't just going the way we expected them to go when we find ourselves in a point in our lives where maybe there's a, a broken relationship and maybe, um, I'm the one that caused it or maybe, uh, uh, maybe I've lost my job and I'm not sure what's gonna happen, uh, how I'm gonna pay the rent this, this, this month or the, the mortgage this month. Or maybe you've got bad news from the doctor and you find yourself in this condition that you're broken. And you don't know what to do. The reason for which God appreciates and loves a person that can recognize their brokenness. See, because many times the reality is that we we find ourselves like this, like this part right here. But yet we try to live our lives like this, like there's nothing wrong. Everything's okay. I got it together. I can do this. I can handle this. I can continue uh, making things work. But what God appreciates is that when you and I leave behind all pretenses, when you and I leave behind All faking it until you make it. And we recognize and embrace that we're just broken people that are in need of a Savior. We are broken people that are dependent on God. That is when God's God's light can shine through. Because if we take the light out and we put it in here full of pretension... Full of acting like I got it together. Yeah, I did this. Nobody knows. I, I, it'll be alright. God's going to forgive me. I'm going to keep going. And we come to church. And, we, and we, we, we come to church week after week. And we pretend. And we pretend. And what happens? Who gets the glory? We don't see God's light shining through. But see, but when you and I can embrace the fact that we truly are broken and God's light is shining through the cracks of our armor, God's light is shining through the imperfections of our broken jars. That's when we can truly say, I don't know how I've done it. I don't know how I got this far. I don't know what's going to happen next week. But all I can say is that there is a God that lives within me. And his light is shining. And there is joy. There is peace. There is love no matter what. And it shines through. But when we're all full of pretense, we don't know who it's about. And we're, we're full of, of dead petals. Things that are withering away. When God says, no, empty all this out. Begin to reveal who you truly are. Begin to humble yourself before me. Begin to allow for me to work on your life. And and stop pretending. Stop showing off. Stop acting like you got it together. And just let my light shine through. Just let my light shine through. And see what happens is through these imperfections, God's light shines through. And when God deposits love in us, God's love will also pour out from us. When he gives us peace, God's peace will pour out from us. When he gives us joy, God's joy will pour out from us. But when you and I remain closed, not only are we closed to God, we are closed to the blessings and the blessing that you and I can be to others. See, because maybe maybe this crack right here Maybe, maybe there's someone in your life that is going through the exact same thing and you've already been cracked. You've already accepted your flaw. You've already moved forward and you just allow God's light to shine through that imperfection and you allow yourself to be a blessing to someone else. And you say, you know what, I'm going through the same thing you went through, you're going through. I've gone through the same thing you're going through. And all I can tell you is I had to depend on God. You begin to allow his light to shine through that imperfection. And you tell me, you know what, I don't have it all figured out. But what I do have figured out is that I need to lean on my God. Amen. I don't know how I got here. I don't even know when that one happened. I don't even know that. Oh, that one was in 99. That was, oh, I know some of these. But then all of a sudden these other ones came up and I just embraced the idea. You know what, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I just need you. I need you. Come on, church. It's, it's time to stop pretending and, and trying to be perfect. It's time for, for God's light to, sh- to shine through our imperfections. God doesn't need you to be perfect. Jesus came. See, Jesus, Jesus said that he didn't come to abolish the law. But he came to fulfill it. He came to do that which you couldn't do. And that's where you and I need to find rest in our lives. That's where you and I need to begin to lean into God and say, Lord, I can't do this. Because it takes a lot of work to try to look like this. It takes a lot of work. A cracked jar... Reveals the light within. When things like this happen in our lives, we yell. It hurts. We don't understand. Maybe I should have been more careful. Maybe I should have. Maybe I should have done this a little bit differently. But instead of looking at the what ifs and looking at the past, let's look forward. And say, God, I I really messed it up. I can't believe I did that. And I don't know how I'm going to get through it. All I know is that I need you. I don't know if things will ever go back to being the same way they were. There's no telling because there are consequences to our mistakes. But all I know is that despite the consequences, I want your light to shine through me. And I need your strength so that I can get through this. This is what God wants us to do, church. God wants for his light to shine through us. It's okay if you're a cracked jar. And it's okay that if you're in a bunch of million pieces, I can't put that together. I was very careful in cracking it just because I didn't want that to happen. Because there's no way I was going to be able to hot glue that back. But I can't do that. But Jesus can put that together. And that's what Jesus promises. Come to me, all that are weary, all that are burdened, all that are tired, and I will give you rest. Jesus did not come for the well Jesus did not come for those religious people that that pretend that they have it all together and they remain unbroken. (laughs) He came for those that are willing to admit, I need you, Jesus. So if you are a broken jar, you should be rejoiceful because there is an opportunity for you. Because, because God does use broken things. God does use broken jars. And, and he doesn't want to use someone that's perfect because that person is going to want to take the credit. That person is going to want to take the glory. But we, we, It's okay if we look like a million pieces. God wants to use us. So the question becomes this week, how, how are you and I going to allow God's light to shine through us? Maybe God has been prompting you for the past month, the past few months, the past year. Maybe God has been uh, tugging at your heart to, to, to forgive someone that's hurt you in the past. And it hurts because they, they really, they really hurt you. Man, they did do a number. And you remember the embarrassment. You remember how you felt. You remember the deception. You remember just how, how awful those months were uh, following the, the, the pain that, 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 that occurred. But God has been tugging at you. God has been prompting you. You need to forgive. Maybe God has been prompting you to begin rebuilding a relationship that, that has been hurt, that has been broken, that you don't think there's any way that it can be any rec- reconciliation between the two. You don't even know where to start. You don't even know what words that you can use to begin to rebuild. But God is telling you this week: begin praying for that person, begin praying for that relationship, begin praying for situation that happened, and begin reaching out. It may be awkward. It may be difficult. Maybe it involves taking some of that pride that's built in within us t- to the side. But God is calling you to do it, church. Maybe for some of us, we're the ones at fault. Maybe you're the one that caused pain in someone's life. Maybe you're the one that 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 was in an area, in a vulnerable area, and you weren't even aware of what was happening, and then you caused. Pain in someone's life. Maybe it was intentionally, maybe it wasn't intentionally. But what God is telling you to do is that you begin, you need to begin to ask for forgiveness. And you don't even, just like this mess that was here just a minute ago, you have no idea where to begin because it's so broken. Allow God. To use that situation for His glory and for His honor. Yet for some of us here, we simply just feel that we are too far from God. We have gone too far in our sin. We've gone too far in our flesh. We haven't prayed in weeks, maybe months. Maybe it's been a year since we truly prayed. We're not even sure if God is even paying attention to us anymore. My friend... There is great value within you. God wants to shine through your flaws and through your imperfections. And God, if you're here today, God is calling out to you. All he says is, have faith. It takes a little bit of faith. You don't need to have it all together and you don't need to be the one that's that, that's Perfect. Let me be perfect for you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And then after I'm done praying, I'm going to invite you to take a step forward today to the altar. Maybe God is prompting you to something else. Maybe God is prompting you to ministry. Maybe God is prompting you to call out to your neighbor and witness to your neighbor. Uh, whatever it may be, but whatever God is calling for you to do today, after I'm done praying, I'm going to invite you to come on up. Just come talk to God about it. And say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going forward. Lord, I need help. Please, open my eyes, reveal to me how I can do this.